Welcome, friend. We are so glad you've joined us to listen in as ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of how one man changed their lives forever. No two stories are the same, yet it's our hope that you'll relate enough to want to meet the same man all our listeners have met. Listen as my friends tell me about a man that gave them hope and love beyond their wildest imaginations. Libby Gandy, welcome to the Tell Me About a Man podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to see you. Yes. We um, have a weird history. I guess you could call it a history. You asked me earlier when we met, and I was like, well, I met you before you met me. <laughs> so I might have been fangirling a little bit. <laughs> it's a little creepy. So you were performing, I'll use that word um, for right now, at, at um, one event. And then later on, we got to meet at another event where I was serving on a committee. So we've kind of been watching each other and getting to know each other. I think we have a, a sister heart that, um, and I'm looking forward to it to continue. And this is the first time I get to hear your story. Mm. So I mean, I've seen bits and pieces or heard a little bit, yeah. not gossip heard, but <laughs> the word on the town, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, but um, I'm excited for you to share the full story with me, but also with those who are listening. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you got going on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, there's something about stepping out and telling your story and um, when God gives you opportunity, you just kind of have to go with it, you Mm -hmm. know, so I'm excited to do this. Um, I grew up in small town, Oklahoma. A fun little fact, I grew up in a funeral home. Oh. Did you know that? now that you said it, yeah, yes, but I don't together. look at you going, oh, she's the girl who grew up in the funeral. <laughs> the movie My Girl was my life, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up in a funeral home. Great childhood, great growing up, loved my little town, still love it. Love going it's back a sweet there. town. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have two older brothers. Um, we were always involved in church and um, just my parents gave us a lot of opportunities if we wanted to um, my, my middle brother went to Japan in high school as a foreign exchange Wow. Teacher. We, you know, they, they provided things for us. If we wanted to do it, they would try to make a way for us to do stuff. So we, we had a good good childhood. So even living in a small town, because it's what, like 1,200 people? Yes. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure that you saw the world and had yeah. adventures and knew that there was life out there. Yeah, and they encouraged us to, you know, I was in voice lessons at a young age and you know, they saw gifts that we had and tried to um, encourage us in that area. So they, yeah. I love that. Those are the yeah. best parents. Yeah, I try to do that for my kids. You know, you see kind of where they're, God's kind of pulling them in one direction and you want to encourage that. Encourage that. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah. easy to say, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what I want you to do. Right, yeah. right. This is what everybody else is doing. Yeah. This isn't, you know, or whatever, however everybody else is raising their kids or doing it. And you're like, oh, you want to ride horses. That's great. Yes. Let's encourage that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You, know, you find a way. Yeah, exactly. And then life after small town or what happened? Yeah, crazy. I went, I left 45 minutes where I actually live today, full circle moment. Went to college, got my degree in music performance. I got married my, when I was 20, I think it was my junior, junior in college. It's cheaper to go to school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So we got married, um, and then after that, we I just went into full-time ministry with my husband at that time. Mm-hmm. He, his family group sang, and I was trying to count back. I 
been in ministry 25 years. Is that wow. crazy? Wow. Yeah. God has always kind of had me in a position of whatever church I was at that I was involved in the music ministry or, you know, a children's choir. But yeah, 25 years. When you, you said his family group, that was more in the ministry, not like secular music. Yeah, no, his dad was a pastor, grandpa was a pastor, and they moved to Oklahoma to be centrally located. Nice. So that's where I met him in small town America. Yeah. And they had a singing group and it just kind of happened, you know, it just worked and, um, we went on to, uh, we left his parents' group and formed our own group, and we were on the road. He preached. We sang revivals, and yeah, I, we spent a lot of time out. Maine, Florida, California. Wow. Didn't you lived a on a bus at one time. Lived, yeah, I had two kids on a bus and a dog. You are like a road show. I love it. Wrong little circus. I love it. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. I might be backing up just a little bit. Yeah. So growing up in the church them proceeding into college and ministry and music and all that was it in those years somewhere that you met Jesus yeah I I have a heart for the church kid because mm. um, a lot of times this, what we see is you'll see I know you've seen it you'll see a kid get saved and have a salvation experience when they're young mm -hmm. and then they revisit that mm -hmm. 15 16 you know junior high high school um, and I did that very same thing. My first experience was during Bible school, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I was six or seven. And um, you know, I don't remember. I remember sitting on the front porch with my preacher at that time and him sharing the gospel with me. And that is so sweet and southern. I know. On the front, on the front porch. porch. Oh, <laughs> making a decision there and the thing growing up a church kid you're in church all the time I, I was never a bad kid right. never rebelled and um, any of that kind of thing but you I think you get a feeling what has God saved me from I didn't I didn't feel like I had because mm. it was just easy you didn't need saving I, yeah and I didn't know I wouldn't have said I don't need say it was just a, right um, just how life was right know? Um, I was there every time the church doors were open, and I was just, church was probably my first priority um, as a kid growing up. Youth group, had a great youth group. But, and this is the crazy part, at about 15 years old, I just, we were at a church camp, I started having these doubts, like, just all, afraid to get in the car, afraid of mm. the car, they, I was just overtaken with doubts. And it was funny, I would be sitting in church, looking around thinking how can I go to hell I mean my parents go to church you go all these things that you hear pastors talking about that you inherited their Christianity well like uh, God doesn't have any grandchildren type right thing. right I, I sat there reasoning all those things right like, oh my word I'm really saying these things to myself. right so I prayed I struggled I prayed for six months and wow it was it was tough, and I, of course, I didn't talk about it with anybody, but I had a really good friend that she grew up in church with me also, and I would just lay in bed, and God, just send me somebody to talk to about mm -hmm. this. So we were at a concert, me and my friend in the youth group, and during the invitation, she leaned over to me, and she said, Libby, I don't know if I'm saved. And I was never more excited <laughs> to hear that out of someone. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a little twisted, Libby. I know. I know. <laughs> 
know it is. And so we talked, we walked the aisle that night. We got saved. Wow. I know. And because she's probably like, why are you going with me? I know. Because I said, me too. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know either. So we were, <laughs> we were excited to have, finally have somebody. But you know, the whole nail it down term. Mm -hmm. It was when I was 15 that I'm like, okay, this, I know. Right. For sure. You'll never doubt it again. Yes. Yeah. So that was. That's great. Yeah. That's my salvation story. And I remember just, I was so tired of those doubts mm -hmm. so tired of the inner turmoil and my pastor was like you need to learn to rest mm. in the lord mm. it's like yes i do and and it was good after that you know right i just needed it to be settled yeah you know? so you felt like so after that night you just could breathe all those did. Did all those doubts like just instantly go away they did but there's a mental thing you just kind of am i sure you just gotta have faith right you know but right yeah i i would say that was my salvation point Awesome. Yeah. So then fast forward college, marriage, mm -hmm. tour bus. Tour bus. <laughs> Craziness. Did you, were you still living in Oklahoma? Yes. And then yeah. what happened? Well, lived in Oklahoma, um, finished school and lived in Oklahoma and had a daughter, which she's 18 now. Oh my yeah. gosh. So we, she was three weeks old. We took her on the road to Florida and I'm like, oh wow. my word. So that was whole new adventure but um yeah we were on the road for 17 years and when 17 yeah on that wow that bus. <laughs> wow i know we could have filmed like a you could have been like the right where were reality shows then yeah, we could have been a hit but when she when perry was three we moved to tennessee the Nashville dream. Yeah, the Nashville dream. And it was one of those, I mean, I went kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go. We lived three blocks from my parents, oh. and it was very hard. Mm, I can relate. I did not want to go. Um, but it was one of those things I did not want to go. Right. You know, I knew, I knew God was leading us out there. It was a hard thing, but you had peace with it. Yes, I mm -hmm. did. Yeah, and it, it was tough, but it was probably the best growth decision I loved it mm. we lived out there for 14 years I had a great church in my home church but my church in Tennessee just like I couldn't believe church could be like that mm. you know the music we had a huge choir and just opportunities so I'm so thankful that God saw fit that I got to experience Have a lot that experience. of that stuff because I, I did studio work singing in the studio Got to, we were, I was in a choir singing the Grand Ole Opry behind Vince Gill. What? I, mean, I Girl, did some crazy you have You have been with royalty I, on I, royal I, stage. <laughs> and I'm just thankful that I never would have done wow. any of that. So I, it was an exciting, yeah, exciting time. Some of my best friends are out there. Oh. God just really grew our little family. And during that time, we came off the road because we wanted to be involved in our home church out mm -hmm. there wanted to put Perry in school. We had another child, Cedar, and... Um, what cool names. I know. We, <laughs> you tried. They're with you for life. I love it. Um, but God just really blessed that time in our ministry, and just, it was such a cool, cool deal. I feel like there's probably an end to that. Is there an end to that chapter? There was an end. Because now you're here in Oklahoma. <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> um, we, I was married... 
19.99 years. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And and you were you two singing together or was he like behind the scenes? Well, no, we sang together. But uh, when we put our kids in public school and realized, you know, God wanted us to be home mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, he uh, he's a tour manager, a sound engineer. Mm. So he went with bands on the road and started touring full time. And Christian bands? Uh, yeah. He, yeah. And country. Yeah. So he, he was gone a lot. And Whatever he job yeah. he could get. He was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a transition. Um, I, we got divorced, I guess, in 2016 when life kind of changed for us. Was it mutual? No, it no. wasn't mutual. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we've been together 20 years, I guess. Uh, for me, it kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't ready for it, didn't want it. You know, my heart was truly broken, and I was broken for my family. But um, he just wanted to go a different direction, and that was that was kind of that. But Can you, and I'm going to pause there, can you look back now and see some warning signs that you can recognize in others other relationships now i can um i had a friend very dear friend very very dear friend asked me what part did you play in that first i was a Ooh, like, i know i was asked? like that's bold but that's <laughs> a good friend to ask a bold question it was and i thought about it i'm like oh, what i mean what nobody is the perfect spouse right but I did realize I feel like I didn't take care of my family and was a little more mm. defensive, like maybe that's not the best decision for our family. And maybe um, I was an encourager. I knew some jobs that he had were dream jobs mm. of his with groups and, you know, mm. like who would, you know, yes, please go do that. Right. Because I, I mean, they were awesome opportunities. When you're a supportive wife, like you just said, dream jobs, when you yeah. see that your spouse, the one that you love oh, is yeah. like, you finally got the opportunity and I would be right there with you if I could be, but at least one of us can yes. go live it. Yeah. I don't think there's any responsibility in that yeah. for you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is being the supportive spouse. Yeah. So it, it took a toll on our family that I was telling somebody yesterday that uh, he was with a group that had a Christmas season they did a big Christmas show and I think between like November and Christmas Eve I saw maybe 45 minutes wow yeah I mean that life that's, is not really conducive for it's not what family. people think it is it isn't and it, it's great but it it's tough some mm. people it works mm. but for us it, it was tough it was a tough but um we got through it and I remember um my church was so good to me because all my family was out here mm -hmm. and they were just so good to me they um your they, church in nashville yes my church yeah lebanon tennessee is actually where it was and they just supported me because th there's a lot of um people that operate like that because that's where the hub of country music is gotcha so you know i wasn't the only one who was living um there was relatability yeah, there empathy was. understanding mm -hmm. yeah there was wow um, so people, people were good to me. They helped me and walked along mm -hmm. beside me. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you two, so how long did you stay out there? Um, we were there in all 14 years. But you and, okay, so y'all divorced after, so did you stay out there a while? Were y'all, I mean, was it like, hey, we can still like co-parent, you know, the hot word and yeah. be friends or, you know, and not to go into details, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we did co-parent. We had um, two wonderful kids. You know, it's just hard to immediately have a new life and have mm -hmm. to share kids and, you know, um, just kind of, I remember the last time he was in our home and had told us, you know, that this was going to happen. I watched him walk out the back door and we had an oversized chair and um, it was during the day and it, the kids were crying and I was crying. And I don't know why God, t I just felt impressed upon my spirit. We've got to pray, you know. So I called my kids over and set them on my lap, and I think they were like sixth grade and third grade, maybe. Mm -hmm. And even the dog came over and sat on my lap. And I said these words. I, I, it was almost like I was looking at myself mm. from above with my little, little like the out of body experience, like, right? Yeah. And I said, God, these days are going to be hard. And I said, right now. I invite you into this situation because mm. I can't do it by mm. myself, you know. So not to say that days weren't difficult. It was in my life. It's been the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Mm -hmm. Just the mental ups and downs, the roller coasters, the how did we get here to what happened, you know. Second guessing. Yeah, mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that it it wasn't hard or was easy, but. God, I, that was the right prayer that I needed to pray, mm -hmm. you know, because he, he never failed me. I was never, there were days without hope, but I was never hopeless. Mm. Um, I knew that I was going to make it through it. Mm -hmm. Just had to walk through it, mm -hmm. you know. Mm. That's so good. To pray, I invite you into the situation. I, what a weird prayer. It is. That. Because, I mean, and I was thinking her words are going to be, God, we need you to be in this situation. Yeah. But it's, I'm inviting you in. And I feel like those are two very different phrases. Mm -hmm. um, one's kind of a demand. And one is like, and God's just always there for us mm -hmm. going, hey, I'm here. Whenever you need me, just holler. Right. And you did. Yeah. And invited him. And I think that's something, that's a strong word that we miss a lot of times. Like, God, why aren't you doing something? Mm -hmm. Well, you haven't asked me to come in there yet. Yeah, and it, it really made the difference because I, I wouldn't call it fear, but I was respectfully fearful mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. m making a move, not hearing from him first. Mm. I was, I was so knew that I couldn't do it on my own, that I had to have him mm -hmm. guiding every step. And mm. I, I really wouldn't make a move until I until I heard from him. I remember if he woke me up at night, if I woke up just mm -hmm. out of the I went to my living room and got on my knees and prayed. Mm. Just obviously you want to tell me something. So here I am. Right. You know? And a lot of times I you know, I learned what it means for the Holy Spirit to intercede mm. for us. Mm. I had no clue. I had no clue what to pray for. A lot of times, I would go to the altar, just be quiet, numb, and just yeah, yeah, let him, yeah, let the Holy Spirit do His work. You know. Um, so I learned a lot during that time. But God, He was faithful. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Forgiveness. Yes, I. <laughs> It's hard. It is. <laughs> um, I'm hitting her with the questions. I the know. questions she's not ready for. <laughs> I 
this is another thing, two things that God, you know, they're not normal things that you would hear at a time like this, but mm -hmm. I remember when I, when the word divorce came up, the first thing, and this is crazy, was like, love him unconditionally. Mm, girl. Girl. <laughs> That's way easier said girl. than done. <laughs> and a lot of times that meant not saying anything. Um, being quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a lot of friends. Like, you need to go, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, call your people. You got people. <laughs> and I would just be quiet and let... I was praying that God was working. You know, right. I was willing to right. reconcile and, you know. Um, but it was love unconditionally. And also God kind of spoke to me to pray that my joy would stay intact mm. and my self-esteem. Oh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, Which I could see would be extremely powerful and could be lost very quickly. Yes, and I think that was for my kids' behalf. Wow. Because if I sat in the corner in a fetal position, then they yes. they were going to do what mom Yes. Um, so God honored that. I mean, there were a lot of times my, my friends would take pictures of me laughing and send them to my parents. She's doing okay. She laughed, you know. Aww. And she's okay, you know. So they... Yeah, my joy, my self-esteem. I think it's so important as as a as a single parent going through that, and you have children watching. I remember um, during my divorce, and I was not walking in my faith. I was not close to God, but I I'm pretty confident that the Holy Spirit knew enough to speak through this person, who I'm going to assume was not a believer. And I truly believe God can do that for us. And because it's words I'll never forget. And my kids were so young. And she was like, the greatest thing you can do for your children is to never speak bad about him in front of them. And I have held on to that. And I have tried to honor that. And they figured out later, let them make their own decision, whether that's good or bad. And um, I think we forget how often our children are watching us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that social media didn't exist uh, yeah. when I was walking through that because I think it probably would have fed bitterness and I probably would have <laughs> spoke yeah. up, put, written a lot of things and put them out there that I can't get back. And so I think as, as a parent um, who might be listening and that's going through divorce or that situation or it could be long after the divorce and there's still some, some struggles, um, they're watching. Yeah, and we pass things on to our kids, mm. good or bad. We pass bitterness on to our kids. We pass joy on to our kids. Mm -hmm. um, I knew, however I handled it, was probably how they were going to handle it. Mm. That's so wise. I tried to do my best. Not to say that I never messed up. Right. But um, my prayer was that the kids and I kind of would come out unscathed, so to speak. And, um, you know, there's been some problems that they've kind of dealt with and I know stem mm -hmm. from the divorce and we kind of work on that when when we're faced with them but um gosh that's probably the biggest that's probably the biggest thing a parent worries about going through a divorce is what your how your kids are gonna right how your kids are gonna be yeah how does this affect them long term and yeah yeah mm -hmm. so um you hang out in that uh, in Tennessee yeah, for a little while I did yes and I was, it's the craziest thing. I was going in the middle of all this craziness, and I love a good choir. I love all things choir. I love music. 
So at my church in Tennessee, we had a wonderful choir, and our choir leader left in one Sunday, kind of abruptly, quickly. Mm. <laughs> yes, abruptly. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the congregation, listening to the band practice for that night. And the band leader said, he came up to me and said, um, can you do choir tonight? <laughs> like, tonight? Said, you don't want to take it sure. off? <laughs> so that was the beginning of an awesome, I think it was two and a half years wow. that I led the choir at wow. my church. And God used that for my healing. Oh. Um, I was a divorced woman. Yeah, I know. My brain's going to that, yeah. which is a huge hot topic right now. Women in ministry and leadership within the church. Yeah. We're not going to get into that, right. but it is a huge hot topic. And yeah. so that's what my thought was, how your church saw that. And was. kudos to them. I am. I think it might have been a hard decision mm-hmm. for some of them. Um, but God knew what he was doing because he, yeah, I... That was probably one of the highlights of my life, was doing that. Wow. So, so thankful. And, um, yeah, he definitely used that for a healing thing. Taught me so much, you know, just as far as leading the choir and worship. and um, But, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty big deal. How amazing is it that he takes our passions? Yeah. He wrapped up your passion and your gift and your talents and then used all those for your healing. Yes. And something funny that would happen, um, my then husband would come off the road and have to leave on Sunday, always, because that's just the way the schedule mm-hmm. would be. So it never failed about 4.30, choir practice started at five. About four, 4.30, he would tell me these, hey, I'm leaving, hey, I'm moving out, I'll be back next week to get my stuff. When I had to be at choir at five. In 30 minutes. And I look back and I'm thankful, God gave me a place to go. Wow. Because if I would have been told those things and stayed at home. Mm-hmm. You would have dwelled I in it. Have. Yeah. I always had choir at 5 o'clock. Or I may have seen a solo that night. You know, you did, I had an assignment to do. He always provided a job for me to do that took my mind off of the present. So that was very cool. It says so much about you as a person to not have used that for a reason to stay away from God. I mean, it could be very easy for you to be like, hey, I'm calling in sick tonight. Oh, yeah. I've just got some bad news. You know, I'm dealing with some stuff because I I hear that a lot more now than I ever used to. And I don't know why that is. But you just hear a lot of I can't hold my commitment because I got some bad news. Mm-hmm. I can't hold my commitment because, and you didn't. You had just the stamina. You were like, I know where I need to be. Well, I had to. I felt an urgency like mm. you have got to go. Mm. And I going back to what you said a while ago about um, when something happens, you you have a choice to kind of mm-hmm. stay in faith mm-hmm. or not. Um, I spoke at a ladies thing not too long ago. and Which I, sorry I missed. Oh, you're good. <laughs> sorry. You were there. <laughs> But I remember one of my points was, and I I know you have seen people go through this, and I'm just thankful that God spared me from that. But when we go through a situation, we get this false sense of freedom. Mm. Like, now I'm going to go out and live the life mm-hmm. that I've not lived for mm-hmm. the past 20 years, mm-hmm. or now I can finally go out with my girlfriends or whatever. But it's so important. Like you said, your kids are watching you. Mm. People are watching you. Mm-hmm. The church is why. Yeah, God mm-hmm. is watching you, mm-hmm. and we 
that's not really freedom. That's that's from Satan trying to pull you away. Mm. Like, hey, look at this new shiny opportunity that you have. That, and that's why I say we, it's a false sense of freedom that we think mm. we have. That's it, such a good it's word. It's such a tool from the enemy. It is. To drive you further away and not keep you close to where you should be. So I experienced that. I'm thankful that God used the church yeah. to to really hold me accountable. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, man, he hit you at a different bunch of different angles he was like i got you covered from all over (laughs) that's amazing hang out there for a couple years as i did yeah i went back to school to get my master's degree congrats trying to better myself i was thinking this morning about this timeline of things and i remember one day i i was after um my husband had come off the road and took um, jobs with the country groups. We kind of, um, I stayed home with the kids until they started school. And I remember after the divorce, looking at my kids at the table thinking, ooh, mama's gonna have to go to work. Mama's gotta do something. <laughs> right. You know? So uh, I, um, education was my closest degree that I was closest to. You know, right. I already had my bachelor's in music. So I thought I have got to go back to school. I did not want to, nor did I want to teach. You know, I just wasn't my calling. Right. So how old were you when you got your master's? How old was I graduated 2019? Yeah. Just feels like the other day. Just the other day. A lot of late nights. Wow. Papers. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of myself for finishing it. You right. Know, just, it was an accomplishment that right. showed me. You can do you it. Can do you can still do things, this. You know, um, so I went to work at a school in special ed, which I love, and then um, met Ken in that time in Tennessee. Ken Gandy. Ken Gandy. <laughs> Ken. Um, that time in Tennessee, I saw I was coming to an end, which was the hardest. Hard, it was a hard move. So you met him in Tennessee. No, I. This is this is my Hallmark Hallmark portion of okay. the story. Okay. So, um, his parents, I love a good ending. Uh, it is a good ending. His parents were the Baptist Student Union directors. Okay. Here were the college I went to. Okay. For like ever, over 30 years, mm-hmm. you know. So they were like my parents away from home. You'd already known them. Loved them. Gotcha. Yes, loved them. Was good friends with his sister. Never met King and he's five years older. So our, we were like two ships mm-hmm. passing in the night. Mm-hmm. He was done. He played college football here and never never had met him but in the age of facebook oh Mm. -hmm. it can be a good thing it can be he commented on something in my we weren't even facebook friends right how that works there was a little comment i had posted about how to have a merry christmas when you're not married oh going through and he put a little comment great article i needed that i'm like uh oh did you get a little tingle when you saw it (laughs) red flag you know when you were you like is he single <laughs> when you've been through something you're like oh something's going on right in that household. right so he had been yeah very similar stories and um so i was on facebook messenger and i was sitting on the edge of my bed i had the flu i was so sick and i typed a message that said um praying for your family Oh, because you didn't know. You just... And I didn't want to... I mean, I really hate when you hear of somebody going through this. Right. It just breaks my Mm -hmm. heart Mm because I'm thinking, boy, they got a long road ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I hope it works. You know, just a lot of little things go through your mind. So I wrote to him, like, pray for your family because I knew his parents well enough, Mm -hmm. but, you know, whatever he's going through. So 
I heard the Lord say, if you send that text, your life is going to change. Shut up. So I'm like, then send it. <laughs> <laughs> not really, not, not realizing what change that would oh, be. No like you weren't like, oh, he's super cute. Can't no, wait for him to be I mean, divorced. I didn't even know his situation. <laughs> you know, I had no clue. What it right. Was. Um, so, yeah, we became really good friends. Wow. Yeah. It was quite an amazing story, but it it helped me so much to know that somebody else had gone through that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so when you were had the flu on your bed, you were living where? In Tennessee. In Tennessee. He was where? He was in Oklahoma. Yeah, he was uh, Yeah, so we kind of developed this friendship, long distance, whatever. And um, Does that count as online dating? I know. I don't say that. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those. Um, but yeah, we've been married four years. Congratulations. Yeah. I just want you to know as soon as you got to say Ken, your light your face just lit up. So Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Awesome. And God then so you moved back here? Yes, I did move back to Oklahoma, back home. Oh. Um yeah. So here we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Close to your parents? Close to my forty five minutes to my parents. Kids are here. Kids are here doing great. Perry was a cheerleader, Cedars and band and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where do you um, where do you plug in the message of hope to someone um, who is walking a similar life? Mm -hmm. Who who because I I mean I'm assuming which assuming is a horrible thing to do, but it's what we do. It's what I do. That someone who has lived pretty much a a, a clean life you know you you know you're raised in the church you had a relationship with jesus early on you felt like you did all the things you you selected the man to marry that you felt like god sent for you that you know you're raising your kids in a christian home you're doing all the things that all the bible studies say you should be doing and it crashes underneath you and so there's someone listening who has walked that same road who is probably struggling with some shame with some guilt did I hear from God correctly? Where did I mess up? Like, what is what is that message to them that you can give them some hope? Because they have a really, you know, they're like, I, I have a relationship with Jesus. I did everything I thought I was supposed to be doing, but yet here I sit divorced with a couple kids and not knowing what tomorrow looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I make it very intentional that I was blessed with a good first marriage. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to be negative about it. We saw God work a lot mm. in our ministry and in our marriage, and it was good till it wasn't, you know. Mm. Um, and I tell my kids, You are so full of grace, girl. You are so full of grace. <laughs> I've come long. Way. You're so full of grace. <laughs> well, it's so important. I tell my kids, you know, on December 14th every year, it's like, This was your dad and I's anniversary. I'm honoring this because of you. Because oh. it. One, I got both of my kids out of that union, but I don't want them to think that it wasn't good because it mm -hmm. was, you know, and mm -hmm. I want them to, they came from a happy marriage, mm -hmm. you know. So that is one thing that I tried to do. The second thing is that I, I had to put in my brain, you know, all these memes or quotes on Facebook. You'd like, oh, ooh, that really speaks to me. But there's a scripture. I mean, the Bible is the place right. where, you know. Best memes ever. Best meme ever. <laughs> and um, it's in Isaiah, and it talks about 43.2, about you go through the waters. Mm -hmm. 
um, but they will not sweep you over. You go through the fire and you will not be burned. And that word through speaks volumes. Mm. Um, I'm kind of a word girl and I love the meanings of words. Through is moving in one side and out the other. Mm-hmm. Um, in, he, God didn't say in that scripture, like, you're going to be in the waters. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in the fire. Because in, um, you can take that as being closed or surrounded. Like it's a, There's no out. There's no out. Mm-hmm. So I really had to, a lot of times I heard myself say, like, if I can just get two years out of this and look back mm. on it, you know. So that was, that was I knew it wasn't going to be forever, that God was going to get us through it. We were walking through it. We weren't buying real estate there because it was not a happy place. You know? <laughs> I did not plan on staying there long because it was, God was always teaching and moving. We walked through it. We didn't stay in it. And I think a lot of, it's easy to stay in mm-hmm. grief. Mm in um a lot of times it felt like i was wading through quicksand but i was Mm. going through you know yeah um so that's kind of that's what god taught me through it i was what i would tell somebody it's like it's you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay you've just got to get to the other side of it and then you'll look back as we all do and just see like look where god brought us through Mm. you know look at our story now look at um yeah, there's just so much. I would never want anybody to go through that. I'm glad I did because I'm much, much more closer to the Lord and grew a lot in my spiritual life. So I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But it was tough. But he, we went through it. Can you imagine what it would have looked like had you not had a relationship with Jesus? Oh, my gosh. I don't know how people do it. Mm. A lot of looking... For Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> to a country song. I'm sure. One of my cheesiest favorite movies ever. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it would be. Yeah. I'm thankful. It's very important that you stay in church. You have a, a group of great Christian friends to be accountable to. Mm-hmm. And a great family to help you. And all those things are what really got me through, you know. What is your message to someone who doesn't know this man, Jesus, that we talk about? Oh, my goodness. Um, I learned that he is my provider. He's my best friend. Mm. He, he became all those names that you read in the Bible. Um, he became real. Those became real to me. Um, and he wants so much to be that for everybody. Mm. And our hearts know those needs, but sometimes we don't know. Maybe the unsafe person doesn't know that that's what he can offer. Mm. He can feel all those things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you just got to turn your eyes upon Jesus. I love that. Yeah. Sharing your story today, how hard has it been? I, too. <laughs> I think the last time I saw you was at the ladies retreat. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a couple years. Like that was, what was pre-COVID? Was it or post-COVID? My testimony. I don't remember. Okay. Well, that board, a lady called me and was like, "Hey, we've been praying. Girls have been praying. <laughs> They've been stalking you and a little that, while." <laughs> and we would like you to give your testimony. I'm like, 
Absolutely no. Oh. This was pre-COVID. Did you give the, I'll pray about it? That's the church answer for no. Well, I'll pray about it. I was very thankful that COVID came because I didn't have it that next year. Yes. I was supposed to yes. Do. And I'm like. Yeah, that was they, where I fell off. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, maybe they forgot about it. <laughs> so sure enough, the next year I get another call. I'm like, darn, I do not want to do this because it's just been, it's still emotional. Right. You know, and I never want to paint anyone in a bad light. Mm -hmm. You know, people, good, bad, my side, his side, people go through stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it's just life. And um, I can say that now, but I just, I just want to portray myself the way that I want to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I did. I'm like, I knew the Lord was like, you need to it's do time. this. It's time. Yeah, it was time. Um, and that's a room of what, 150 women? It was the largest crowd. Okay. <laughs> a little like, more. Oh, I'm like, no. All the way no. to the back doors. No, I'm like, darn. Um, but what was difficult, and I think God gave me that opportunity. I mean, I had sung in every one of those churches as a couple these, with my husband. They these knew, people knew they you. knew us, yeah. So that was, and some people knew, some people didn't know. You're probably like, I don't even need to tell my story. Y'all know you talked about it. <laughs> I know you talked about it. Can you believe? Yeah. So that was a good place to do that. And he gave me grace. And I, you know, my biggest prayer was, let me tell the things that need to be heard. Yeah, need mm -hmm. to be heard, you know. Um, so it was a good experience. But that was the first time mm -hmm. I had successfully done it probably without being a blob of tears of, but God gave me that strength you right know? so and he puts you in a different stage of life that kind of gives you strength and you look back and can right because I mean rewind six years ago for you to have shared your story oh it wouldn't have been the right time no I mean I couldn't even make it through a song without crying or you know right such kind of an emotional right at that point but yeah and so i mean god's timing is so perfect oh, yeah. and even you and i i just want you to know you've been on my list for three years like i made like i told you i started like god gave me this idea like in 2020 mm -hmm. and like names just started like yeah. on my list and you get a check mark now <laughs> so it's 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 crazy how god's like i'm gonna put her on your list but the timing. But she's is, not ready yet. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know I don't know why we're always so blown away by God, but I we know. are. Yeah. Like we're just like, Can you believe God did that? I'm, I yes. Well when you see it in other people, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but when it's true mm -hmm. to us, we're like, Can you believe that? Yeah. You know, we're surprised. Well, and the importance behind other people sharing their story and so I think the, I, the, the thought that we're trying to get here is, or I'm, I'm trying to get with that is, you weren't ready three years ago, mm -hmm. but it took you sharing it in a smaller room, yeah. a couple hundred people, right. small to some, yeah. not to others. Right. Um, but then now, we don't know who this is, who's going to hear this around the world. And hopefully it pushes someone else to be able to share their story of hope mm -hmm. and redemption that I know it stinks right now. Like, man, to go through a divorce is like, and it carries a long so weight. A There's a lot of ripple. There is. There is. For a long time. And being able to continue saying, speaking things gracefully and not, because I mean, our flesh, there, there's hurt there, and it's hard not to want to be like, I'm just going to lash out this one time and say something super ugly. Yeah. And 
then you're like, okay, Lord, I know that's not the right thing I'm supposed to do. Or sometimes you do. And then you're like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Um, But I think just encouraging, I hope this encourages you sharing your story, encourages other women to share their story or men, like not to be exclusive there, but to, it is so important for us to share our stories. So one, it gives hope to those that are walking through it. But then two, I mean, really the bottom line is a relationship with Jesus. And for you to say, there's no way I would be where I am today had I not had that 15, oh, yeah. 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and just to my grandmother, she was always cutting things out of the paper, you know, and Aww. little sayings and whatever. She was pre-meme. You know? oh, <laughs> Yeah, the paper it, version. Yes, paper version. <laughs> but I remember this thing. My mother laminated it for me, and I had it in my Bible for a long time. It said, God never panics. And wow. I would just thought of that a while ago. Like, you, you've got to realize in any of your situation, whether it's divorce, kids going down the wrong path, death, sickness, God, he doesn't panic. This mm. didn't catch him by surprise. Mm. So you have to understand that he has you right where he wants you. Mm. And um, that was really comforting to me. That's so good. Like, it makes me think of, like, when the little girl was dying and the family came or when Lazarus was dying Mm -hmm. and the sisters, you know, everybody is like, Jesus, why aren't you doing something? And he's like, super chill. Mm -hmm. Like, never yeah. Never, and I'm like, we miss that. Mm-hmm. God never panics. Hmm. I think that's going to stick with me for a little while. <laughs> God never panics. And what, if we can get that into our brain, what a secure, Yeah. you can kind of sit back and think, okay, In God, the moment. it's time for you to work, you know. Right. If you're not panicked, I'm not going to panic. I'm I mean, that's easy to try say. And I'm not trying to panic. not to panic. Any last messages for those that are listening? Any last thoughts or? Just God, it's interesting. He changes. It's a plot twist. Mm. Life is a plot twist. Mm. You're going down one road, think, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're faced with something that is a plot twist. And what may seem terrible to you at the moment, God is working He's working it out for our good. Mm-hmm. You just got to hold on. Mm. Yeah. That would be my hang in there. That's good. You're going to make it through. That's You're good. going through. The word is through. through. That is, is through. so solid. What or how, what can we be praying for you or how can we be praying for you? I don't know. I, I feel like God kind of has me in a place right now that I'm 40. I think I'm 47. <laughs> 46 or 40. That's I'm great. 47. That's great. Um, you know, it's like you start getting stuff in the mail at AARP. Right. That started for me like when I was 30. Your senior adult minister called right. and invited you to the fish fry. Senior. I know, thanks. Um, just that God continues to use me. I have a quick story. Do we have time for a quick yep, story? We got all the time um, in the world. It's still recording. So when I, when I was young, after I got saved, I knew that... I was being called into the ministry, mm-hmm. but I never made it public, you know, and I knew God was calling me to make it public several times, you know, I just felt like I needed to, 
Um, but when I met my husband and we started ministry, it's just always has been what I have done. So I didn't feel that need to, I mean, it's what I do. Mm-hmm. But to proclaim it, that it was yes, a calling for you. God called me to ministry. Um, and I spent a lot of years, that was 15, I'm 47. I knew that part of me I was not being obedient to mm. of sharing that he had called me to the ministry. Mm. So this is a crazy story. So about two years ago, um, we had a Sunday night service here at my church and we don't we don't have Sunday night services just for special stuff. And it was a prayer testimony service and I was on stage singing like someone would get up and pray and kind of share their testimony and then we'd sing a song and the pastor would say obey immediately. I'm like quit saying that every time. <laughs> quit it. Quit saying that. Because every time he would say it that would come to my it mind. It was pinging you. It was on I had a little mm. portion of my heart that was unfinished. Mm. You know? So every time obey immediately I'm like darn. Rolling your eyes. So I knew I thought this is my night you know. And he called me when I was 15. Mm -hmm. I'm 46 at the time, probably 45. So what is that? 30, 30 years. Something years I sat yeah. on that. Just do not. 30 something years. Wow. So I get up and I'm like, this is long delayed. You know, yeah. I've done ministry this whole time, but I'm telling you guys tonight that God has called me <laughs> into ministry. <laughs> They're like, duh. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the church staff, <laughs> you know. And a lot of people said, well, yeah, you know. Of course. But it was a thing. Did you see, like, the congregation, like, looking around going, <laughs> We're confused. what is, <laughs> I know. did, did I she think, not know? Because we I all knew. <laughs> well, and I, it was obedience. It was an right. obedience thing. Right, That mm. even to this day, I think if I hadn't done that, it would still, it was just, just gnawing at you. in my, yeah. So that part is buttoned up. Yeah. I, I love that, because a similar story with, you know, like you said, the I wasn't a church kid, but I know, like, salvation. And then my true surrender happened mm -hmm. way later right. in my story. And I don't doubt my salvation as a teenager, but I know the moment when there was true surrender. Okay, like, Lord, you are truly Lord of my life. And then the gnawing of baptism for years, for years. Yes. And, like... It, I just, and it wasn't even like baptism itself. It was just like, something's missing. Like, Lord, what, what, like, what is that one little, like you said, that one little piece that makes it all complete. And like baptism was the least from my mind because I mean, I was leading plenty of, you know, youth and Sunday school and women's ministries and then women's Sunday school classes and, you know, all these things. And, um, it was the, um, at church camp of my daughter's salvation and then we got home and we were talking about her baptism. And I mean, I just remember cutting the conversation off and like totally blurted out. I was like, that's it. I have to get baptized. And like, mm -hmm. I th felt like for a moment I was like, I'm taking her spotlight. Yeah. But God's like, that's not it. That isn't, this is just something that she did. And so the same night, my 16 year old daughter and I were baptized mm -hmm. and and it was just and it wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't already saved it wasn't it was just he was like I just needed to be obedient like in this thing yeah. and then we can continue to move forward that's why that's exactly yeah what I felt. yeah it's like you need to do this and finish this little thing up here yeah and then 
Let's I got some more. I got some more to do. We got <laughs> yeah. some more stuff. We're I'm ready. Starting. Yeah, <laughs> we're just starting. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that was so pretty good. Exciting. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. That makes that gives me. I don't know about you listeners, doesn't. But for me, that just gives me like the confirmation that it wasn't because I had there have been you know the enemy steps in every now and then and you let yourself go. Man, did I. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to doubt, or oh, yeah. did I step in her toes, or that evening, no. and and we even had to have a conversation about that. I'm like, are you okay with this? She's like, Mom, that's what God's calling you to do. I'm like, okay, because and then I remember that evening, um, a friend who's a deacon, we were like had watermelon afterwards at somebody's house, and and he was just like, so why'd you get baptized? I'm like, I don't, God called me to do it. Like I I can't really like it's a whole thing. I like I just felt like that was. So are you not saved? I'm like, no, I, I have been. It's just, you know. Can't you see, though, that he used your daughters? Yes. To trigger that Never. Hey, this is what you need. Yeah. Because if she maybe hadn't, have, he, you wouldn't have. I'd be mean, like, used her still missing it, God. Still missing it. Yeah. I feel like the story of my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> still missing it. Yeah. That's good. It has been so fun to visit with you. you. Um, again. Yes. With or without mics, either way. We might let we might let others in on the conversation. Yes. We might not, and um, we will definitely be praying for you as God Thank leads you. you and what looks like um, the next. You know, you you put your seatbelt on and mm-hmm. see what God has planned. I do know and that God is not done with us if we're still yeah. breathing. I heard someone say we were serving at um, a church function. And an older person walked through as we were serving and made the comment that we paid our dues. We and I'm we've done our time. We've paid our dues. And I'm like, and it just it went all over me. I'm gonna be totally honest because I'm like, you're not done. And I don't that doesn't mean that you're and maybe she meant it as a joke and you know, not to like totally look into what this person meant. But if you look around, even if you're homebound, you can still serve. Oh yeah. I mean, you can be praying. You can be like, there's so many things we can. So God's not done with us. And he's certainly not done with using us to bless others until we take our last breath. And hopefully even after that. Oh, yeah. And you, I have found God always sends me somebody that is either going through what I've been through Mm -hmm. or has Mm -hmm. been. Yep. I mean, it happens a lot. Or they're ahead of you. Yes. And you're like, oh, man, I needed that to get to the next point. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much ministry that comes from what you've been through. Yeah. You know? And it, it never fails. God always puts me in contact with somebody that either they help me, I have, you know, yeah. just the sharing um, strengthens each other, which is always cool. Absolutely. He's such the... Um, coordinator coordinator of chaos of, <laughs> of all the things yeah that's pretty cool on that note we'll say goodbye right. and um thank you so much this has been really good for me good good thanks Libby thank you my dear friend I want you to know that this man Jesus my guest spoke of is relentlessly pursuing you at this very moment and longs to love you unconditionally no matter your story There's no fancy prayer or special words, just believe, trust, and surrender. We've listed several free resources in the show notes to help you begin your relationship with Jesus and to walk in his truth and love today and for eternity. And to my brothers and sisters, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then I encourage you to continue to pray for our guests and all who listen to this podcast and to go tell others 
about a man that changed your life forever.